Hello, and welcome to Fire and Water, a Zutara podcast. My name is Katie, and I'm here with my best friend and co-host, Frankie. Hey, guys. What is up? We're actually recording a new episode in a reasonable amount of time. What? Who are we? Shocking. It is shocking. (laughs) Oh my goodness. We are so excited to be back with you guys here today. We were originally supposed to be recording this episode together in person, but stuff in our personal lives came up, unfortunately. So that special will have to wait for a little while later. But yep. Nonetheless, we are glad to be recording today, Um, and I would like to thank everyone for your thoughts and prayers on our latest Instagram post. Yeah, those were really sweet. So sweet. For those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, you can look at our Instagram, one of our latest posts that has Zuko and Katara in the cave, um, one of our screen cap posts. Yeah. It. The comment section was just so, so lovely. Um, it's been rough. <laughs> yeah. Like, full transparency, we've had a lot going on in our lives, and a lot happened to family members, so it it truly meant time, a lot. too. Yeah, it it's like, like there's something in the, the air. I know, I know. It's so weird. Stuff happened to both of our grandmothers. Kaplan's much more serious than mine. Still, though. Yeah, so... It truly meant a lot. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And without further ado, uh, today we're talking about the Southern Raiders. A nice, fun episode to get out of Yeah! I know! I... I, I... I'm just, like, repeating myself. I, I, I... Trauma. I really love this episode, and I'm honestly so excited that we chose to do this because it is the tonal shift that we need in our lives. It's what the podcast needs, I think. Like, we've covered so much serious news the, the past couple episodes that I'm excited to get back to just this fun, classic, episode-centric episode of the podcast. Yeah. Don't get the last time we. Uh- don't get me wrong, like, this episode is not all fun and, like, happy. It's got a lot of trauma. No, but it's no, it's very... quite serious, actually, right. but it's freaking but it's fun, fun to, to talk, talk about. about <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's freaking fun to talk about. So, oh, goodness, where do we start? Um, can we At talk about beginning. how a very good place to start? <laughs> a very good place to start, yeah. Um, oh, God. We're such nerds. <laughs> we really are. We're such <laughs> But, I mean, come on, everyone makes that joke, let's be real. Mm-hmm. So, uh, want to talk about how Zuko was low-key right, and that Katara needed to address her trauma and the loss of her mother, and that Aang's strategy just isn't working, and Aang's the strategy. middle ground is I avoiding love, it? I love <laughs> Aang's death, but that just shows you how they His were immaturity, raised. Like, yeah. Raised, and then his entire ethnicity and culture got... Like, like, look, wiped out, and so he just buried it, so he didn't have to deal with it, which is a trauma response. And then Zuko's response is, uh, that's not very healthy. Confront it head on, and it's not. And here's Zuko's the thing, had, okay? No, no, it's because Zuko has had his fair share of unhealthy trauma responses, and he finally figured out how to, like, be healthy. So yes. He, like, he started yes. calling everyone else on, on their BS. He's like, this isn't a very healthy way to deal with this. <laughs> I would know. I did that for years. I've been there. No, honestly, I... Okay, look. I have nothing against pacifism as a concept and people who are pacifists. I I accept you 
And I love your uh, positivity, but I do think it is looking at the world through unrealistic childlike eyes and it's idealist. And I don't believe it's a philosophy that can be implemented to the fullest extent in reality. And we see stories explore that time and time again of where the line is drawn. And look, the whole point of this episode is that both Aang and Zuko had points, but I would argue yeah. that it's like a 70-30 ratio with Zuko being like 70% right and <laughs> Aang being like 30% right. The one point Aang is right about is that Katara shouldn't kill him in revenge. Right. Um, but he's not right about the rest else. of not confronting it at all. Zuko is wrong about, you know, if he's encouraged, which he never directly encourages her to kill him, though, just confront him. <laughs> yeah. So can you really even... Also- He's also a bit more of the devil on her shoulder on that point. He, he yeah. would definitely be the one being like, you can do it. You're fine. Kill him. He would be like, <laughs> he's standing there, like, watching her blood bend. Like, you go, girl. But also, yeah, like, better, yeah. damn, am I glad I'm on her side? No, he wasn't. No. And he's glad he he's on know. her side now. Like, oh my god. Angel, I'm lucky. Like- he's thinking he's lucky to be alive. After having her as an enemy, he's... Zuko is thinking that he's lucky to be alive at to that pick point. Up on your like, like Katie said, I don't have like. Obviously, I have nothing against pacifists. I just agree that in any realm outside of this, like kids show, like it's like Aang would have had to kill Ozai in any yeah. other world. They yeah. wouldn't have found a solution. It would have had to be done. Um. So yeah. pacifism for the Which is a whole other time. fandom discussion and controversy. Right. Um, but having pacif- the, And pacifism- it is, it's a convenient writing trick. Like, I, I have yeah. my mixed feelings about the ending. Given the option of taking away Ozai's bending, which I think hurts him even more than death, and right. Aang not but having to still. give up his culture, I'm all for that. But I think it's kind of a cheap cop-out. Yeah. Writing wise, for this show eh. makes sense. But, like... Zuko, Aang's f- whole thing about Katara, just forgive the man that killed your mother. Does it even make sense, though? Because, like, I yeah, hate to be but- that person, but the Air Nomads are dead for a reason. Like, I'm yeah. sorry, but they had oh, no argument. Monkey Atu killed, some, killed no, some people. No, but he, the thing is, he, like Aang, and to some extent, went against the Air Nomad ways. He was a rebel, Within the mm-hmm. nomads, which is why we see that everyone else. Here's the issue with this: they defended themselves, but they had no proper army. I'm so sorry for you editing. This <laughs> my dogs all just started barking. It's oh okay. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. That's on track. It's not even that Gyatsu was also rebel. Rebel. The difference is that Aang is a child. Gyatsu isn't, and neither is Avatar. Uh, why am I blanking on her name? Uh, Yen Chen. Uh, she also says, Aang, if you need to kill some people, kill some people. Like, it's, the difference isn't the, that they're monks. The difference is adult child mindset, where his mindset is, I absolutely cannot bend from my culture. And these two adults are like, no, if I don't bend a little bit. But your I'm responsibility to is to the whole world. You have to meet in the middle. You just yeah. have to. And honestly, okay. Small tangent here, but I bloody love Avatar Ying Chen. I feel like I should say that with a British accent. I bloody love her. Um, <laughs> just because bloody is such a British thing. But um, 
no, in all seriousness, I love Avatar Yang Chen. I love her design. I love her characterization, what little of it we see. And if there is one thing I want from Avatar Studios, it is some goddamn Yang Chen content. I made a post if about one thing this. I want it's, it's, it's Avatar Wan content. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I do. Yeah, I, I want that it. too. But I honestly want Yang Chen more. Because, yeah, like, we got it, such a satisfying two-parter of full of one. Yang Chen I would want first. Okay, we gotta get back on top. <laughs> <laughs> no, the point is, is that Zuko, Aang's whole philosophy, when he tells Katara she needs to forgive her mother's murderer, and forgiveness will bring her peace, that is so off bait like you do not need to forgive this person you can like like let yourself heal from it but you absolutely do not need to forgive this person. and there is Zuko a way is to right yeah and there is a way to confront him and confront trauma and not forgive yes but also not having to stoop to his level and kill him which is the which medium is that katara finds in the end and that is mm-hmm. the whole message of the episode which is why it pisses me off when the you know katang ang fang girls who like hold ang up on a silver platter because he's a kid which like i love ang but yeah there are people in the fandom who just won't acknowledge his faults and the parts of him that are annoying like his pacifism um I'm sorry, but full transparency, he is not the kid who I would want defending the world in this scenario, honestly. Like, even at, even towards the end, he would not be my ideal. If and he didn't find that lion turtle, everyone would have died. <laughs> yeah! It's, it's pretty damn I lucky. Love Aang. I love Aang. Uh, I do. I love him as a character. but He's a sweet <laughs> he kid, but a everyone. sweet ki- I'll put it this way. He's a sweet kid, but a sweet kid is not meant to be fighting wars. And he Honestly, doesn't Ozai entirely just, grow out of that enough. Ozai should have just stolen Appa. Then Aang would have had no trouble bodying him. <laughs> Ozai <laughs> just need to steal Appa. Oh my god. Uh, like, yeah. I His whole demonstration at the beginning, I just know. And the whole thing is, acting like you forgive and acting nice is so unhealthy because you're compartmentalizing and internalizing everything. Human forgiveness does not work like that. It is not immediate. Forgive abusers. No. And it needs to be earned. You don't just get to go through life pretending like every bad thing that happens to you doesn't bother you or people treating you badly doesn't bother you and just being like, I forgive you. It's okay. Like it's not genuine. It's not real. Whereas Zuko who has been through some S-H-I-T. And he needed to earn forgiveness, by the way. Yeah, yes, which is what this episode is. He works with her. And also, another word I want to throw out there is respect. Yeah. They earn so much respect for each other. Zuko, in his dedication to Katara, he earns her respect and and what he has to teach her. But also, Katara earns the respect of Zuko with her power and her strength and emotional strength because he is someone who can appreciate that, that emotional strength and that maturity more than anyone else in the game. We should start at the beginning of this episode where they save each other. Zuko. Yes. Classic couple trope. (laughs) Because it's a good starting point because she still doesn't trust him. It's classic banter. Saves her. (laughs) 
he tackle saves her to get her out of the way. And I'm and sorry, he- you cannot tell me that is not remnants of Zutara writing with the Zutara endgame that got all shifted around in condensing a season. Like, why would you put this there and then put the block up with Katang with the Ember Island player's kiss? What? It doesn't add up. Just narratively, it doesn't add up why right before the very end you put so much pro-Zutara stuff and then this one Katang thing. And you can... Anti-Katang thing, excuse me. It is so disjointed. And the one thing that is a big writing problem with this show, honestly, it's only major writing problem, if you ask me. At least, like, the big glaring one. I mean, everything has little issues here and there. Yeah. But, oh my god. Like, you... How people can watch this and believe that there was never intentions for Zutara is beyond me. This goes beyond just teasing fans, you know, teasing the Zutara shippers, which, first of all, I would like to add, weren't even really around yet when season three was being developed. There were a few people, but Zutara fandom really kicked in with season two and promo for season three is where Zutara fandom kicked in. Well, yeah. Would you say that's accurate? Like, there were the few people who saw the potential with, like, the necklace in season one and the tension and everything. But for the most, which I, you know, is a little weird to me, but, like, I get it. Like, in another world, like, in in another world kind of a way, I get that, like, what they were saying. Not that, like, they should be together in that context. So, yeah, that would be messed up. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. But, oh, my gosh, it is so classic just by the book in the best way they save each other it's physical symbolism for what they're it's physical symbolism for what they're about to emotionally do for each other and it's It's beautiful absolutely beautiful well and the i love it because it's not only the practicality of it also shows why they work well together. This is going to seem, like, disjointed, but let, let me try and... Like, I know exactly what you're about to talk okay. about. Him tackling her? Yes, and, like, and okay. he's the only let one who can do this. that physically. Yeah, let me... This is going to sound disjointed for a bit, people, but I, I have a point here I'm going to try and get to. So, when Zuko tackles her, there's... I, a lot of people have pointed this out, but it's not only for a Zutara moment, it's also because physically he was the only one with enough strength and body weight and training who would be able to like actually physically tackle Katara. Aang right. is not going to do it without wind. Sokka, we've seen him unable to tackle that Katara. That sounds so bad out of context. <laughs> not, not, in a, not in an inappropriate way, but in a, in a kid humor way. Oh my god. Just... It's, it wouldn't work. Top obviously isn't going to Milos. That's the Milo she, shit right there. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> unless she earth bends. So, no. It's Zuko can physically move Katara. And then Katara right, physically right. catches Zuko. And it's in it. It shows in a way almost. <laughs> there's. There's. It groups together that their physical maturity also shows in a way their emotional maturity. Because. Yep. I don't know if I'm making sense here, but like... No, you absolutely are. I don't know how to explain this, but him being able to save her also like replicates their mature emotions for each other. Like it just shows they're on a different level because they are both older. They both are of older mindsets. Like he... And it sets up a bit of that him being able to understand her 
more than Aang is going to be able to understand her this episode because they understand each other more. <laughs> and I'm sorry, but that I just need to talk about that conversation on the cliffside because it is one of the most beautiful scenes in Avatar. And after one conversation, one minute of communication, Zuko goes right to her brother's tent, right to Sokka's tent, and understands what's going on with her more than anyone else has done in the entire series. He breaks through something that Aang, that her own brother, have not understood. Well, because throughout Aang the entire Aang... time, and it's he—he he just like it's the communication. Even when they haven't yet forgiven each other, they're just on that level. He sees her and hears her and immediately understands how she's projecting and what he needs to do to earn her forgiveness. And there's okay. this beautiful shot. Okay, you can go. No, you you finish and then I'll go. Okay, if you're sure. It's a, I had a point, but I'll hold on to it. It's good. You can go. Okay. <laughs> I just love that shot where they're right in each other's faces and Katara is all emotional and crying and expressive and pouring her heart out. And Zuko is just standing there steadfast and steady because he knows in that moment that he needs to be that rock for her. And the contrast of that is just beautiful. This isn't his moment to take this personally or get emotional. This is for her. And the fact that he understands that too, has the maturity to understand that, and then takes the initiative, has the care to, not to repeat the same word, but care about what she thinks of him, is absolutely beautiful and that is something that like I am still looking for in a man at 21 years old I have not found like that is incredible for a teenage boy to understand and communicate that deeply with a female by the way like yeah. hello uh, I have so many points so many points okay yeah so the first one I was gonna make you just kept adding on as you were talking. I kept pinning, putting pins Sorry. and things. Like, yeah, I'm very yes, passionate. No, no, no. I'm, it's totally fine. It's just my brain kept jumping to different topics as you were going. Okay. First one. Write down is a, a list. <laughs> yeah. First one is what you said about, obviously, Zuko understanding her more than Sokka or Aang have in the series in that one minute. And when you think about the series as a whole, it's a lot of Katara comforting Aang and being there for Aang we don't get many episodes where Katara is going through something and Aang has to truly <sighs> genuinely be there for her it's like this doesn't it's literally the gendered version of the mammy trope yeah which if it you don't know what that is it's where you have like the motherly caring black character who helps the white protagonist with all their problems but then the white character never gives them the time of day for their problems a lot of time they're a slave um yeah. or a servant like it's you know the character and shows up in historical pieces it's literally the gendered version of that but we're not and we're not saying Aang wouldn't care to talk to Katara if she had those moments with him he doesn't have the emotional capacity or understanding to because well, he's a literal 12 year old sh child she, listen listen <laughs> enjoy Frankie's dogs <laughs> give me two seconds to go let them like lock them in the garage and then okay. I'll be right back okay because I'm about to scream and I I have to stick a pin in what I was about to say I'll be right back hello I'm back sorry um for those of you well all of you don't know this I had to switch recording spots for this episode because uh, my sister took over 
my usual recording spot. So um, things are chaos. But anyway. <laughs> it's totally Oy, fine. Lord. I will edit as best as I can. I am so sorry. Okay. <laughs> the point that I think I was on is that Aang, it's not even that he emotionally can't handle it. It's also, trust me, I am the older sister of all older sisters. And you can yeah, love and is. trust someone so much. Like, I love and trust my sister to death. But if you know you are the older one, subconsciously, you are not going to let yourself break down in front of someone that you feel mm. you have to emotionally protect. Katara is not going to break down in front of Aang. It's not going to happen. You see, I'm not only a younger sibling, but I'm also a Cancer, so I just don't get that concept of not letting yourself break down. I What is it? I don't know. You're not, she is not going to allow herself <laughs> to truly break down with him like she did with Zuko. One, because she knows Zuko is is an equal to her. She's never mm-hmm. had to baby Zuko. She has never had to hold Zuko's hand. She has never had to be the sole person Zuko relies on for comfort. So she She's doesn't She's never feel had to that- be his counselor. You've been having a lot of nightmares lately. Are you sure right. you're Okay. Right. So she can lash out at Zuko, which, by the way, lashing out at him the way she did would have been toxic if Zuko didn't address it. Because he addresses it and he tells her, like, you're still mad at me. This is not, like, this is not healthy how you're coping with this, basically. So it and she knows not, that deep down. Yeah. So it becomes not toxic because he doesn't just stand there and take it. So there's so much, like... Yeah, there's he so much healthy about that one interaction. But at the same time, doesn't yeah, he stands steadfast for her. But at the same time, doesn't take the parts of it that are unfair to him. You know and who being he able never to- stood steadfast for, for? You know who he could never just sit still and take it for? <laughs> we that have an episode pin. on that. Don't. That was another <laughs> pin I had to put in. Is that he and not he and May? <sighs> Good lord, they just they can never I just have a healthy I conversation. Can. You should have seen my mom's face when they got together at the end. Oh she my god. She was like, oh my god. Because <laughs> it's legitimately a toxic relationship. <laughs> yeah, it is. It absolutely is. Um, it's the only one on the show that I actually am anti. I'm anti-Mako. I can't. Yeah, absolutely. You're a Mako shipper. I don't know why you'd be listening to this, but I'm sorry. I I, I can't. I can't do it. Do do the legit- body language. Well, actually, too yeah, is they different. do. Yeah, actually, they do. Mako shippers do exist. How? I'm sorry. I don't if know. You are listening, but how? I only know so of one. I only know toxic. of one, and they use their following to abuse me online. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> okay, we can't we can't get into that. We not getting into that. Oi, um, no, not but, to let that speak I, for all Mako shippers, but even most Katang shippers who I come across don't like the Mako end of things, and they're like, "Yeah, Zuko should end up with Jin." Yeah, so, or Sokka. <laughs> like, I love Sokka. <laughs> uh, no, I don't like, and this isn't to like bash. On, like, any characters or ships. This is just, if we're talking about Southern Raiders, we have I'm to sorry, bring up, but like, if you're gonna claim, Yeah, I'm sorry, but if you're going to claim the Zutara content is not, wasn't actual narrative writing, intended narrative writing, but just fan service, throwing them a bone, um, then these writers were way ahead of their times, because the entire Boiling Rock 2 parter in that case is Zuka fan service. Yeah. So, they were way ahead of their time, if that was the case. 
I just like because the Southern Raiders episode is it's it isn't only a Zutara episode in the fact that we get Zutara no. moments and they bond. It it's is a Zutara also- episode because it shows the difference in these relationships. It shows the difference between Katang and Zutara. It shows the difference between Mako and Zutara. It shows why Zutara is such a healthy alternative. It's it's not only a Zutara episode. It's a Katara singularly episode about her characterization and arc separate yeah. from Zuko, which she should have, and that tells you it mm-hmm. is good writing. And also yep. is a sign that the pairing isn't toxic, that they're able to have their own separate arcs and identities outside of the pairing in its development. Yep. And it's an episode about the cycle of war. I don't know if you guys know yep. Hello Future Me on YouTube. Um, this awesome video essayist from New Zealand. He has a incredible video about the Southern Raiders and how it highlights the cycle of war and vengeance. I will leave it down in the description. Go watch it. It opened my eyes to so much. Everything about it, the framing, how in this episode, when they go to confront the man who killed Katara's mother, they are framed as the mysterious villains lurking in the shadows. Yeah. Whereas the villain is turned into this everyday man just getting bickered by his mom and he's still living it every day yeah yeah he is but they flip the switch to show how the cycle of vengeance and war can come around and around and now it's driven these kids and it's the whole message of the episode is katara's refusal to not address and move on and confront abuse move on from excuse me abuse and abusers Mm -hmm while also being the bigger person and putting a stop to that cycle by not killing him. Right. And it shows their teamwork together for the first time, really. Like, this episode... Yeah. It starts with them saving each other, which hints at it, but then... You see them paired together, and you would think they were doing this for years. they are. Yeah. This is where, like, Vigilante Zutara and Assassin Zutara stuff comes into play. It's from this yeah. episode. Seeing them work together like a well-oiled machine. I've used that expression time and time again on this podcast, uh-huh. but it's really the only one to sum it up. Like, you would think they had been working together like this for years. And the thing is, I think what's also satisfying is that they're both really capable on their own people make fun of zuko obviously because oh he but always they also the have oh, some of the funnest zuko also, like this is, is where... such a capable bender and fighter and then katara is such a capable bender and yeah well and this is where the opposites attract thing you know in terms of the literal bending and elements like becomes really appealing and like the icing on the cake to this relationship and how it's reflective of what's on the inside it really does and they are a powerhouse absolute powerhouse and i love seeing that camaraderie because it shows even before all the forgiveness it's just the sense that these people are meant to have these deeper relationship they just Mm -hmm. don't know it yet but it's those people who you're just meant to have that innate deeper connection with like you naturally work together so well with they have that going on before they've even fully forgiven each other which is another thing which is another thing. This episode addresses both their issues going both ways. Obviously, Katara has a lot more to forgive Zuko for than Zuko has to forgive Katara for. But right. Katara has to earn forgiveness from, from Zuko for projecting what his entire nation did onto him. 
because yeah. that is also not fair. Which not she does multiple him. times to him. Yeah, especially after she's seen the regular people of the Fire Nation. It, but it's also understandable, still at her maturity level, she's still only 14, why she yeah. would do that. But she has to earn his forgiveness, and she does that by the end, you know, and accepting his apology and, and earning mm-hmm. his trust. And that's what this episode really comes, the da- end. comes down to. It's a, yeah, that hug is the culmination of this building of trust and thus this building of a bridge between their entire two nations. It's there's so much what chemistry in that hug. There's so much chemistry. There's so much in that chemistry. Hug. There's so much more chemistry than there anything I ever saw. The other relatives. Couple. There are relatives who I've known my entire life who I still hug super awkwardly and far less intimately than that. Yeah. Just saying. Just yeah. saying. With, <laughs> and that's not just because I'm a socially awkward someone, human. When you have a bond with someone, you have a bond with them, and that translates into physical touch. Yeah, when you just click. When you're just one of those pairings. And that is what this entire episode shows throughout the entire runtime and tackles. Like, how this episode, with its engaging plot, also manages to tackle both the development of the Zutara arc and Zuko and Katara's arcs in parallel and contrast to one another. Mm-hmm. And like um, it shows what's the word I'm looking for satisfyingly like cover yeah. that in the 22 minute runtime is insane it shows that Zuko himself has mostly healed from his own trauma and his own anger and that is his own storyline here he has mostly healed from this that is what this is showing and now he's and the fact others. that he's big enough to take that healing and be like okay I want to help others now and I see this person right. who was hurting the way that I was is incredible. And that's Katara's arc in this episode, is healing with help from someone who knows what she went through, or a similar feeling of what she went through. Yeah, compared to Mako, which can be summed up by, like, we are never ever getting back together by Taylor Swift, is the Mako relationship. It's... (laughs) I can't... She may... Oh, May as a character, I love, but May as a girlfriend. I do too. Zuko- I have a signed print of May. I freaking love her. She's my oh, knife wife. And Zuko but you boyfriend. know what? May, May's whole they like, she's freaking work like, together. Well, Zuko, why does this matter to you? Why do you think it matters to him? Also, don't like negate his feelings. Like, just talk to him. Oh my god. I can't contrast, the most contrast this episode to just a spliced together of all of. Mako's interactions, and you will be hit with such whiplash. Zuko with May is emo boy to the extreme. Zuko with Katara is a healed version of himself that, like, the best version of himself. They bring out the best versions of each other in this episode, and from then on out, and they continue that. It's not a one episode thing that just regresses. They build on that. There's a reason so many people get confused after Southern Raiders in their in in the episodes after that because they're like, why are there so many like moments between them that feel so genuine? They're like, are they trying to like stump us right now? Are they trying to like like make Zutara happen in five episodes? And you're like, no, they're not. They're stupid. 
My friend Melody, when I watched it with her, almost didn't believe me. She was a total Zutara shipper, and I warned her about the Katang Endgame, and watching these episodes, she was like, nah, like, they could just pull back after this. It was like when I was, okay, (laughs) I can compare it to only one other time in my life when I was reading Shadow and Bone, okay, um, (laughs) if you guys haven't read them, they're decent. If you haven't read Six of Crows, they're the best book series in the world. Go read them. Um, but Watch Shadow the and Bone, show. It's a very good adaptation, actually. Okay, spoilers for Shadow and Bone if you want to read it and haven't. The, the trilogy. When Alina ends it up with Mal, it was the same feeling as when Katara ended up with Aang. Because you're just sitting there like, <laughs> how has this happened? Okay, in the how books. Has- okay, but here's the thing. In the books, that endgame feels like... If Katniss had ended up with Gale, it's but awful. In the, but in the show, it is in the show. It's amazing. Chef's kiss. It is mwah, no, no, no. beautiful. Let's be clear. I'm not talking about the Shadow and Mal, Bone TV show. I love Mal Oretsev was saved in that show, Archie but that's Reno not what we're talking Mal about. Retsev. Yes, he did, but that's not what we're talking about. So. I'm talking about the book. <laughs> if you have read this series, the book, the fact that Mal and Alina got together at the end is how I felt. With Katar and Aang because it just feels like, how? How did this happen? There were better options that understood her more. Like, and the writing hints at them going down one path and then it's like, nope, she's with Mal. Nope, Katar and Aang. And you're like, but the last four episodes, do they mean nothing? Like, that's what it feels like. Oh my gosh. Uh, reading the Grisha trilogy, what a journey. I remember and I said days. I've only felt it one other time, but of course that was a lie because none of my ships <laughs> have ever been canon. So, <laughs> love my life. Oh my goodness, Katie! If yeah. so, Keep isn't canon. I'm gonna jump off a bridge. I'm gonna be it's like, going well, to be. It can't picked, not be. I picked the wrong ship for the last time. It can't I can't do it not anymore. Be. It has to be. I. I need. I will nine. cry. Oh my god! I would die. I would actually die. Like, my heart would just give out from the pain, and no more yeah. podcasts for you guys. Sorry. Uh, while we're off on a little tangent here, guys, I would just like to say we would really like to do an episode um, answering, like, or reacting to comments you guys leave on the podcast. Yes! Yeah, but to do that, we need comments. Yes, we do. <laughs> so, please leave comments. Any, please leave com- or send us like messages on our Tumblrs or on the Instagram yes, page. Yes, absolutely. Like, just we send love us hearing reviews. from you guys. Yeah, we yeah. love hearing from you guys. Even just and leaving we'd love a star to do an review episode on them. Even just leaving a star review helps us immensely. Helps us grow. Um, in, in all seriousness, like the the two comments that we've gotten, which is like a lot still. Like for a small podcast, like actually getting two brain. Um, yeah you know getting two written comments is a lot but mm-hmm. it it means so much like reading that it just puts a smile on my face i check periodically and then when there's a new one which has happened twice um <laughs> i send it to kaplan uh, i send it to frankie and i'm like oh my gosh like look at this and it and it just makes our day so uh please please do that your support means the world like like Frankie said, even just sending messages on our tumblers. Everything you need to know is in the description of the podcast episode. Um, but one last thing, at least I think this will be towards the end, that I would like to talk about is um, 
that cut between when they walk away and when they're on the dock because there is so much amazing fan art in one shots of what oh. happened between those oh. two shots. Oh, do you, I know? You know. It was like, I think it was mostly a walk in silence after Zuko being incredibly supportive and getting her up and like, mm-hmm. you know, being proud of her. Like, I think he yeah. was really proud of her. And, but he also gave her her space after the whole ordeal, which I think, and she went to him, which I also think is so important that mm-hmm. he recognized that, um, that even though she had confronted him, she was processing the aftermath of that, the emotions that come with that and her, and her decision, you know, to, even though I agree it was the right one to leave the man who killed her mother, you know, out there walking, yeah. So well, that is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Um, well, and you've already kind of talked about this, in, but it was just in passing, and I think we need to, like, talk about it just a bit more, is the, like, he respected her, obviously, before this episode, but after this episode, after seeing the full extent of her abilities at her full anger and rage, he figures out, oh my god, like, this is what she can do, and his respect for her just goes up times a hundred when he they sees her each have stop a healthy, the rain yeah yeah they each have a healthy fear and respect of each other's power and bending ability that is healthy because it is equal and mutual he watches her stop the rain he watches her make a sphere out of the raindrops he watches her blood bend which he didn't even know was a thing i don't know if Sokka did not him on know this, existed he did not know I doubt and, he mentioned it, honestly, knowing Sokka. He probably didn't mention it. No, and Zuko looks so surprised. So, no. So, he, like, the amount of respect and awe that he goes through for her in this episode is insane. We see the full force of Katara's abilities, and she is scary. And he is like, yeah. I am in love with you. <laughs> But like I said, in a healthy way, though, because it's mutual. Like, they could kick each other's asses. Yeah, Zuko's <laughs> kicked Katara's ass on more than one occasion. She's kicked his ass on more than one occasion. Yeah. But I also stand by the fact that that if Zuko hadn't been standing on a whole... Trust whole, me, Zuko, it's not going to be much of a match. I know. No if he had shit, you're on an icy in a tundra. tundra like, <laughs> like, then he probably would have had a pretty good chance because he was a better bender than her at that point, I'm pretty sure. But, he like, was. the fact that they're standing on a snowy tundra, the boy was not thinking clearly, okay? Yeah, but you know His what happened? His ego was a bit big that day. Yeah, people make fun of him for it, but you know what happened the first time he backed down from a fight? He got right back up and beat her, like, immediately. No, I'm talking about in his life. You know, oh. you know what happened yeah. the first time he backed down from a fight? He got burned, literally. Yeah. So, yeah. and vanished. My so- favorite headcanon might be... My favorite one might be, um, you've probably seen it because I've vlogged it a bunch of times, but it's when he, Sokka, and Katara all got captured while Aang was talking to Avatar Roku in the Solstice episode. If Katara and Sokka, like, saw, like, they just had a conversation or something, and he was like, my father's gonna kill me! He burned me! And Sokka and Katara, like, he what? And then they kidnap Zuko and just take him on the rest of their adventures <laughs> with him. I love that. Like, or, I love what's the art canning? piece? What's the art piece where it's uh, Katara and Zuko after the last Acne Kai and they walk up to Azula in chains and they're like, we want to help you and then hold out therapy pamphlets. <laughs> <laughs> 
But I also think this episode is a huge reason why Zuko even asked Katara to come with him because before he oh knew she was a good bender. Oh my god, a huge reason. But huge he reason. saw this, he saw what she could do and he was like, you know what, if there's one person I want to go up against my sister with me, it's Katara. It's her. Yeah, no, yeah. exactly. It's that, it's that respect part of it. That needs to come as well. And she also balances him out. He knows, like, she balances his emotions mm-hmm. out. He really knows well. how well they work together. Yes, absolutely. And compared to everyone else, she's just the most logical choice. You know, the other bender is a young blind girl where in a fight against Azula, that would actually be, you know, a, a disability, a disbenefit. So, and you want a bender, if, you want a strong the bender. She fire. was the only eligible strong bender. So, like, it makes sense. But no, and this Toph is was needed for the metal airships anyway. Better use of Toph's time, better use of Katara's time. Exactly, exactly. Um, plus, we get one of the best Zutara moments ever in their development of their final, you know, saving each other. Um, yeah, which and is we beautiful. also get a great Toph and Sokka moment. I mean, yeah, yes! Toph and Sokka. Yes, I love their friendship so much. I love her crush on him. It is. Amazing. I love how I love how everyone was paired in the finale. It really I worked well. It really worked well. Um, but the full well, we kind of covered the last Agni Kai, but maybe we'll do a special where we just talk about Avatar in general and talk about the whole finale. But connecting it to this episode, you know, I I actually don't think it's entirely irrelevant because this episode is really one big developmental prelude to that. Like, with the parallels and just in characterization. And I think having this set up and it moves so strongly in this direction right before the finale. And then, like I said, coinciding with this huge wall being put up with Katang with the kiss and Ember Island players. It, like, no wonder people get confused. You know, coming back around to that, you can feel the push and pull of the writers on different sides, just like the fandoms in the room. And we end up with this weird mush, this weird mess going back and forth with this. Because it's not that there isn't any Katang stuff. There is. Like, I'm not going to pretend that there isn't. There's right. the headband. There's, you know... I just don't guitars. think it's as meaningful. <laughs> no, I don't think it's as yeah. meaningful or strong. Right. And I think in the context of the rest of the story, it feels forced. Um, it's in forced, place. yes. Yeah. So that's about there's all no have- equality in their relationship. To me. No, there there's is no not. equality. <laughs> Maturity wise, emotional wise, there isn't. There isn't. It isn't. We see Zuko comfort Katara more in 22 minutes than we do in whatever time period Aang and Katara had together. It's again, I don't blame Aang. And like Aang I said, for not only. It's the fact that he understands, but also actively cares, not only in seeking her forgiveness and earning her forgiveness, but also just caring what she thinks of him. Like, that is so It's the fact that he he can care and he can understand. And he values that relationship and acts on that. That is so huge and telling of how well they work together. So that is about all we have to say today on this beautiful, beautiful episode. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, all I have to say, guys, is um, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, It's always really nice to know we have uh, people who 
agree with us and are listening to us and we are small we didn't do this to become like a big podcast or whatever we did this just because we're two fangirls that like can't help but fangirl and we figured other people mm-hmm. might want to listen to us ramble every once in a while um right. and also um i would like to give a shout out to katie for all the editing she is going to have to do on this <laughs> i apologize the amount of creatures i can hear around me whistling and cricketing i'm so sorry it's okay our listeners may be able to hear it sometimes when you're talking but i will cut out the rest and do my best okay guys so that is all for today i think happy zutara shipping happy zutara shipping guys bye bye